Hello, and welcome to 10 Very Big Books, a Malazan read-through podcast. My name is Peter Bond. I've read every book in the main series, and with me today is my friend and closest confidant, India Jones. Oh yeah. my God. Come on. I can't believe you're making me put a burp in the podcast. That's so gross, India. That's so <laughs> That was righteous. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Hi, All everyone. Right. And next, our producer, uh, AJ Faleri. How is your sloppy stember going, AJ? My sloppy stember is absolutely uh, slipping, sliding, just the grossest time. Um, I, I love to hear that. Very excited. And last but not least, uh, Joshua Hood, the Lord of Being Dead, Dean Baker. Okay, I'll take it. Uh, that is, that is uh, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, thank you, Ryan, for that uh, coming in clutch in the last, the literal last seconds of us starting to record the podcast. We are back from break. We have uh, been chilling out, relaxing. We have not been busy at all. Just kind of mm. taking a slow, kind of re- relaxed time. Yeah. yeah, you you said break, and I was like, "The fuck is Pete on about?" And I forgot that to everyone, the audience, it's it's been a chill time. Yeah, but we're back, and it's a momentous occasion. We are starting a very special season of the show here, so we briefly want to go over some quick business at the top. Uh, first things first, we are going to tackle Dust of Dreams and the Crippled God in one mega season. Um, so we will not have an off season. We won't do a mailbag and we will not interview Steve until we are finished the series. Wow. Wow. When you, when you put it like that, it seems like a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) We're not stopping Josh. We're just reading the book from now until the end. I also think it sounds like it's way closer. I'm definitely like, oh my God, it's like, it's going to be the beginning of the end, but we still have two very big books yeah in reality it's like eight months away or something yes it's not that close but it's a little (laughs) close closer than it has ever been closer than it's ever been but speaking of that we are looking into ways to end the show potential live events some way we can all meet up and connect so we have included a link in the show notes and we would love as many people as can fill that out so we can gauge interest and understand uh what might work for us and you and uh that is all the business i can think of uh producer aj is there anything else to get to um yeah so this season we're also doing a special survivor style vote a host off let's fuck. um every coming, episode coming out <laughs> actually i'd love to no, see I, who goes first um, yeah. <laughs> no i i think that's i think that's it i think we can we can do a proper intro to the the super season the super season um so how are we all feeling going into what uh is the last season of this uh this run? I was going to say I'm excited there's only two more opportunities for Steve to start a book fucking in the middle of nowhere that I've never seen before. So <laughs> that's pretty great. And then we'll be done with that. But he can still yes. do it mid chapter, you know, don't worry about that. Oh mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Inch, how are you feeling? I'm excited. I'm excited to see how it ends, actually, kind of just like because like, how do you wrap this up? And it better not be in a in a loose, messy. It was all a dream. Oh, it's a boy (laughs) staring into a snow globe. Yeah, Literally, like figure it out. Who knows what's going to happen next? Let you decide, because that would piss me off. Oh, I don't know, India. I feel like there's a strong possibility that this doesn't end up tied up in a nice little bow. Yeah, well, I feel like there's going to be at least a few storylines that are kind of left open. 
Mm. Yeah. Well, then I, I mean, I, yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's wishful thinking. Mm. 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 Um, mm? AJ, any, any final words before we kick off the, this episode? No, I, uh, I'm excited to read the book. I think we're off to a, a, a pretty strong start by the time we get to the end of this episode. Uh, I'll say chapters one and two are classic intros to Malazan book where we are just introducing all the characters and the things going on. But then once we hit chapter three, I think that chapter's a banger. So the thing is, AJ, start. before we get to those chapters, we have to start in the middle of nowhere yes. with a prologue with some characters yeah. you've never met before. Yes, yeah. of course. So let's get into it and <laughs> let's start talking. A trail of refugees called the Snake travels across the Elan Plain. At the head is a young boy named Rut who swaddles a baby. He speaks to a girl called Badal about their travels and poetry. Far away, in strange corridors, a woman named Caliph thinks on her past. She recalls her life as a wife and mother, then the destruction of her people. We see sections of this great complex called the Feed, the Womb, and she comes to the heart where a Kachanchamal matron awaits. Caliph is the destrian of the Kachanchamal. This matron is the last matron. Caliph is charged to set forth into the world to find new champions. The Shigal assassin sent with Caliph is named Gural. He is excited to leave the nest for the first time in 600 years but worries that the matron is imperiling herself. An unnamed figure travels with a miserable group towards a large structure on the horizon. Cape moths look down on him. We see him as a gaunt figure with green skin and tusks. Dolmens, wolves, dragons crucified. Strange visions plague Haboric ghost hands, who thinks on what is to come. See, I wanted to do a fun snake. Christ. I wanted to do yeah. a fun snake sound, but what's tough is, I don't know if you picked it up, Josh, the snake is actually just a name a for a, a kind of trail of refugee children that are having a yeah not a very fun time so yeah, i, I, I want to do something fun with the name snake but not a very fun vibe no i gotta tell you on my you know on my little bingo chart of ways steve start book i really didn't have starving half-dead children refugee train really mm. on there present very much so um, yeah. why do you say they're starving josh well explicitly is stated they've like not had any water or food in like forever and they swaddle this baby every day but who fucking knows if it's dead or not when's the last time it ate it, it's pretty bad india so. i guess the um, one guy talks about his stomach being distended which is yes. a classic oh with the yeah. worms inside oh fucking yeah so gnarly gross. Yeah. Yeah. God about that. Can I say though, man, what a badass thought that little kid had. He was just like, I can't wait though, because when I beef it, hopefully some things eat me first, and then the worms will fucking get them. Like <laughs> <laughs> that dude's playing some fucking 4D chess. He's ready. God. 
I did want to just point out there's this passage here. He's kind of describing some of the bad events that has brought him to the snake. When the starvers and the bone-skinned inquisitors marched on the city, his mother had sent him running, hand in hand with his sister, who was two years older than he was, and they'd run down streets between burning buildings and screams filled the night, and the starvers kicked in doors and dragged people out and did terrible things to them, while the bone-skins watched on and said it was necessary. Everything here was necessary, you know? You know? No, I yeah. don't. I'm bringing this up for later, so I'll, okay, I'll leave it there. You know, good to know. We'll, we'll see some starvers later. Yeah, I'm glad I can't relate. I'm feeling good about that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, India, how did you feel about the kind of poetry thread that was kind of woven through this initial section? So let's just be honest. Prologue, boring. Okay, <laughs> sure. I did first. It's boring because obviously it goes without saying. I didn't want, I did not want to start with people I didn't know. I did not want it. I Preach. was not happy about it. I understand that it's sad that they're refugee children that are starving, but like, I didn't think about the poetic anything about it. I just begged for it to be over and for chapter one to start. Um, Anybody else? Preach. No, yeah, 100 percent Hundo P. What'd, what'd you think about the actual poem, the actual poetry in there? Was that like the one, the one girl? Yeah, the, the girls kind of doing this poetry. AJ, did did you feel like India? Did the poetry resonate with you? What did you feel about starting at the snake? Yeah, no, it's certainly, I wouldn't say it resonated with me even. I would just say that it is there and I <laughs> acknowledge it. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's just a, a, a hungry girl kind of, I think, you know, just trying to make light of a really shitty situation mm. just by recounting the things she sees. I think it was really horrific talking about the 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 trees that she saw that are like gray leaves that at the end of the night like <sighs> oh. come and eat the dead kids or something. Yeah. That seems really like that. I don't know if that's just like birds, like vultures bugs. maybe. I think, or it's, like I think bugs. it's bugs. Yeah. I, I, I hate it. Swarms of millions of bugs. Like moths or something. Yeah, yeah. I hated that. Yeah, I think there's a lot of really uh I feel like a lot of it's a very moody beginning. It's a lot of imagery. It's a lot of tones yeah. just kind of sitting yeah. there. Yeah, it was really. I, a, yeah. I also like I just don't understand how a group of children can organize themselves so well. Well, I think that's kind of the point. I think they just kind of started wandering. And then as they were wandering, there were other kids who were wandering that are like, oh, look, another a line of children. Let me join this line, I guess. I don't know where I'm going. Maybe they do. I think that's kind of the vibe. Also, as a high school teacher, I can confirm you give a 14 year old enough time. He will start a cult. So <laughs> that's true. On purpose or not. Um, <laughs> yeah. Inch, I'm curious, did the whole prologue kind of leave you out in the cold? How did this Kachin Chamal section hit you? The Kachin Chamal! When we're inside, Ampelus rooted, and seeing this whole point of view of Caliph. So, that shade, I- It's fucking metal. I was so- No, was it though? Like, I, well, yeah, it was- that part wasn't bad. It was actually kind of disgusting. Um, I hate when they talk mm. about like the the matron or whatever, like oh, giving sure. birth. Oh, my God. That always like Ugh. the imagery of that just like disgust. Like I just and they're like, it smells so bad. I'm like, Ew. <laughs> um, yeah. So but who I was really confused, actually. At it's the, definitely a little it's it's a lot all at once. You know? Yeah. Can I ask? Then I was like, were the kids there? Did the kids walk there? And then I was like, oh, no, no, mm. no, no, no. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, we're yeah. just somewhere totally. But that was a really quick, yeah. like, flip. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did, does anyone else, whenever we have, like, insane Kachin Chamal stuff, wonder, like, is this in the future? You know, is this a dystopian world? Like, I always am. I'm, there's always a part of me that's like, shit does that. But I don't think Steve is doing. 
I don't know. There's there's so much stuff we don't know with all these like green comets and stuff. I'm always just like, is he trying to pull a fast one on me? I don't know. Mm, interesting. That's interesting, yeah. Josh. No, I've never considered it as like, is this like a we're seeing into the future kind of thing? That is interesting. I don't think that's what's happening, but that I is I don't either, but yeah. That is an the interesting t- angle. I wouldn't put it past I wouldn't put it past it. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a reveal. Yeah. Now Pete- I have a quote I just want to share. I'm sorry. I, I want to hear the questions, but you know what? Let's do them first. My question was is the matron literally just in there to just push out babies all the time? Yeah. And then they turn them into what? Oh, India, that's a question, huh? Cuz <laughs> I didn't I didn't know Kachin Shamal came in so many colors and varieties. There's there's so Learning many. a little bit more about the types and the whole Yeah. There's a variety um, of them. It yeah. seems it see I mean like India, do you know anything about bee reproduction? Yes. I mean it's very similar to bee production. Reproduction. Like be, be, oh, depending like on what depending on what the mate it seems like depending on what the matron feeds or how the process is going, like certain internal things can work and different types of, you know, offspring will come from it. Oh uh, wow. Thinking about them like bees is actually really clearing it up for it's me. It's really I mean it's really similar. Like worker bees and then Exactly. The- there's the what you know, and every queen has like there's always like a couple of backups that could yeah. be queen. Um, yeah. And we, we meet one. We, we have one of them, which is that's what my question's about. Interesting. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Really know a Very lot about like bee reproduction, Josh. I almost became an uh, uh, etymologist. Fuck me. I almost become an, an entomologist. You're right. It's ent. Uh, I said et. That's yeah, different. I took that class in college and I almost switched my major. And then Whoa. someone, I, rem- someone, I, I remember can't remember who took that class. I loved it. And then someone was like, what the fuck would you do to make money? And I was like, <laughs> I would so keep good, bees. So good. I'm, fr- yeah. I'm friends with an entomologist. He's he's having a good time. Yeah. Um, um, my question, my question, though, is Pete, when you were reading. Sure. How excited were you to learn that the Red Mask storyline wasn't a bunch of bullshit that meant nothing? Um, <laughs> yeah, really interesting. I would love to know how you guys responded to that and what you take away from that. I was psyched. I mean, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. I mean, still in retrospect, I was like, man, man, bummer, bummer storyline that it just kind of ended. But it's really interesting to see like to recontextualize that whole storyline as like Kachain Chamal centric and not Red Mask centric. You know what I mean? Like this, the, that whole series of events in my head now is no longer about Red Mask and is only about the Kachain Chamal. AJ, you've, uh, you've stolen it from me a hundred percent that like now knowing that Red Mask was a test subject yeah. more than anything is just absolutely mind blowing. I yeah. love it so much. Yeah, and then it kind of it, it kind of recontextualizes his final scene as well. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't using them. They were using him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he didn't have control over the Kachanchamal. Exactly. It was, it was the other way. They are using these these, you know, human labels on them as kind of a way to organize things, but they they're not being led by human. It, it was so interesting. I very, I, yeah. I I was gushing while reading it. Yeah. I was wondering when the matron is talking to that girl, baby, I think, Cal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah. She's a she's an older woman. I wouldn't call her a baby, but oh, she seemed to everyone. I also thought she was young. But... I thought she was kind of like I thought she was like our age. Well, I don't know. Well, listen, she was married and had kids and like lived a life. So it doesn't seem like she's young to me, but. Yeah, that could she could be fucking nineteen. Like this is Malazan. Fair like, People have children at like thirteen. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway, all that anyway. to say, 
you're wrong. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sunglasses down. (laughs) So my question is when the matron, first of all, the matron can talk to question mark that's weird. <laughs> yeah dude, they, they talk, talk now they talk weird. now no the for the third well they talked in the third one too she talked to talk to the young yeah but this is way di- tortured this, this is way yeah, different Josh. Josh. that did happen but also <laughs> i thought it was like an internal talk type yes. thing um why does she call her the destriant and of what of the so chain shamal yeah, it's it seems like India that they are in an attempt to kind of claw back power. They're trying to like use humanity's weapons against them, so they're calling them their destriant mortal sword, but like I don't I don't don't it don't feel like it, you know? Yeah. I don't know if this girl has magics. Yeah, well, it even says, uh, I, I just happened to be yes, open to the page. She said uh, she had been no witch. She had not possessed the breath of a shaman and so would never be a rider of the spotted horse, which I guess is her previous religion yeah. or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I don't think she has any actual sage magic or whatever the destriant usually has. I think they just yeah. like you're like, hey, you're the destriant now. And they promised her power, it seems like. And she was like, yeah, sure. Uh, but now it seems like that has since the death of red mask i guess is just like well fuck me like this isn't gonna turn into anything we're all just gonna die yeah pete what's this quote well i have two things first aj i need you to retroactively edit the change mall sound effect in or you can put it right here okay and i wasn't i didn't even say it because i have that much faith in our editor wow (laughs) um i wanted to end this little change mall section with reading this quote no further proof was needed, war was coming. That the Vegath gave the matron terrible pain, each one thrust out from her in a welter of blood and pungent fluid, had become irrelevant. Necessity, Caleth well knew, was the cruelest master of all. Just saying, little connection, two quotes about necessity back to back. Just think about it, you know? Did you see that? I mm-hmm. saw one, oh, I see. Saw one I word see. in the first section, and the same word was in the second section. Mm. You know? Pretty sneaky, sis. Pretty sneaky, sis. Pretty sneaky. All right. We, uh, there's a bit of stuff with this Shigal assassin, but we can leave that there. I did want to briefly ask if any of you had any ideas about how this, who this uh, mysterious unnamed figure is that is kind of traveling with some people we know, Taxilian, Rotness, Hivenar. Can you, oh, and they were all, I mean, it could be a Carium, but I think it's a Carium's dad. Gothos. I was going to say Gothos. Gothos. I think it's Gothos. Interesting. Yeah. I don't have really any reason to believe it's either of them either way, but it's definitely a Jag Hut. It's definitely a Jag Hut. It says Gaunt. It could be Raced. We, there, there were so many hints last book that Raced would get out somehow. Yeah, but how would he end up all the way... Yeah, I, guess I don't think just it's just traveling I don't know, through the Azaths. Yeah, how the fuck would Gothos get there, you know? That dude's on another plane. Well, Gothos, it lives in like he lives in like the central Azav house. Yeah, or whatever. Like, you're not wrong. Do whatever. Yeah, I don't know. And then India, the, uh, the last person we check in on is one Mr. Ghost Hands himself. Woo! Having mm-hmm. some visions about what might happen in our last two volumes. Okay. I was so, it's so funny. Like at first, like whenever a uh, Haboric post-death Haboris happens. Mm-hmm. The like, I have no idea what's going on in the scene. Every single time, I'm just like, what am I? What? What the hell is happening? And then I'll see like Jade something, and I'm like, ah, oh! yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know what time it is. Um, I'm so that was exciting, but I thought he was dead. Yep. Yeah, he is. I mean, <laughs> but like I, not coming back dead, like ripped apart dead. 
this, his whole shit is like the only thing that makes part of me want to like really go back and reread this series because like I don't fucking understand any of it ever more than anything else in this series. And it I wish I could go all sorry all the way no. back to like Kaboric and Felicin too. Exactly. Like, I wish, yeah. Reexamine like, that when everything started happening to like, but no. I actually would never. I think there's a lot going on with Haboric and in in Deadhouse Gate, since you're so in Felicin's point of view and that's really her story in some way, I think some of the beginning Haboric stuff, I, I, I certainly, it doesn't read as like, this is a primary storyline you should grab onto, you know? Yeah. Because you're, I, you're because Felicin's storyline is so strong in Deadhouse Gates that when he's like, okay, well, in like chapter six, he like encounters the Jade Hands on the Otataro mm-hmm. Isle. And yeah. then it's like, sl- like the whole book, he that storyline progresses. And then it just, like, hey, that's weird. Yeah, it just keeps <laughs> progressing and it does, it never stops. And then you're like, oh my God, well, a lot has happened with this guy, hasn't it? Yeah. You know? All right. Well, listen, that's going to be. And the errant, the errant has Fenner, you know, just like in a fucking, in, in the palm of his hand, basically. And Fenner should be dead too. It's all ridiculous. That is going to bring us to the uh, start of book one. The sea does not dream of you. I do just quick want to read a a Haboric quote. Uh, We've talked in this series before about people creating the gods and and the gods getting power because of of people and stuff. Uh, And Haboric has this quote near the end. He says, we stood tall in paradise and then called forth the gods of war to bring destruction upon ourselves, our world, the very earth, its air, its water, its myriad life. No, show me no surprise, no innocent bewilderment. I see now with the eyes of the abyss. I see now with my enemy's eyes. And so I shall speak with its voice. Behold, my friends, I am justice. And when at last we meet, you will not like it. Just, a, I think, a, a banger of a quote about people made wars and now the war is going to destroy them. Justice. 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 Have you, my friends, the courage? Just a great way to end the prologue also, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Justice is a dish best served cold. Preach. Before we move on, we wanted to take a second and thank everyone who backs us on Patreon. Oh, yeah, baby. We got a lot. Thank you to our lovely, incredible, beautiful, handsome Patreon people, starting with Sinesi, Michael, Bugcatcher David, Marcus, Martin, Riley, Gladys, Victor, Samar Devs, Neocortex, Alex. Also, Matt, Chris, Jeff, Tyler, Bardicus, Maximus, very good. Uh, Steve, Fran, and Travis. Thank you all so much for your support. It's always a pleasure to come back from the off season uh, reading all of these brand new patron names. It's it's a it's a great joy. Uh, we really appreciate it, and you make making the show more sustainable for us, and you uh, allow us to make more things such as our House of the Dragon and Rings of Power series. Yeah, are you watching uh, fantasy television? So are we. Come check it out. We're making videos. See our we're making see videos, our faces baby. on screen. Yeah, rave reviews such as that's not what I thought they would look like, and I'm really uncomfortable by their mouth. Also, as you may or may not have seen, uh, last week we released uh, Pete and I a little 
just six minute kind of update thing about the Patreon. We're updating all the tiers, but the most important thing I think is that we are going to get rid of the $1 tier uh, at the end of this month. So you have until November 1st to get in at the $1 level. Uh, and then starting November 1st, we will have the $3 tier be our lowest tier. Uh, if you back at the $1 tier before then, you will be able to continue paying $1 indefinitely. Uh, so if you want access to the bonus content, uh, but have been waiting to pull the trigger, now might be the time to do it because you'll get in at $1 instead of 3 for the lowest tier. We've also updated a bit the $5 and $10 tiers, and you can check all of that out in a public Patreon post that we have, uh, and it will be linked in the show notes as well. But besides that, I think we can move on. All right, let's get on with the show. Chapter 1 An owl eats a lizard at the Azath and regrets it. Smiles and Throat Slitter talks about capturing their target. Other soldiers close in on the bar and find Stormy and Gessler, saying he just escaped. The target runs out and is captured by Smiles and Throat Slitter. It's Fiddler. The adjunct wants him to do a reading. At the Azath house, Lieutenant Pores is watching Sin and Grub. The two of them descend to enter the Azath house after a conversation, and as Pores goes to follow, he is stung badly by hornets and runs towards the barracks, but passes out before he gets there. Back in the Azath, Sin starts a fire and they look at a tapestry of the Eater and the Andy, battling the Kachain Chamal. The corpse of a Forkroll Assail is there. They both think the truth is changing. Teho and Bug banter, and then Bug shares his anxieties about the reading of the deck. They meet Bryce, Rucket, and Queen Janeth, and banter continues. Pores wakes up to being healed, and there's much talk about blood blisters. Sergeant Sinter and her sister Kisware are released from imprisonment, both thin and malnourished. Banishar speaks to Tellerist and Kirtle about his glory days as a priest to the Worm of Autumn. The two promise him power. And in the end, we see the Errant was listening. Faradan Sort and Lestara Yil report who will be attending the reading. Some need to be dragged there. Bryce warns Tavor about the Errant disrupting the reading, saying the Errant may be displeased with this show of power. Tavor is surprised, but Bryce offers to help. Quickben and Hedge talk of the night to come and agree that Tavor is making them nervous. Then Lestara and Faradan arrive to take them to the reading. Next are Kindly, Sin, and Grub. Bug arrives to Saren Paddock's house. He fears that the Errant may try to strike at her baby tonight. Saren demands more and wants to speak to the King of Shadow. Bug offers to defend her. Fiddler is nervous about the reading and speaks to Bottle about it. He hopes that there are only 11 witnesses, no more. 
and certainly not 13. Urshtahuba and Pinasol arrive to protect Saren from whatever will come tonight. Fiddler is troubled when Brace shows up, bringing the number to 12. Banishar looks to the skies and sees swords of green, then argues with the Aaron about spilling the blood of the bone hunters. And he says if they don't want their blood to be spilled, to stay out of his way. The Aaron is waiting, murderous in an alley, the 13th member of the night's game. So AJ, we're, we tune in and there's a here. there's kind of a strike force operation going on and then it's kind of a punchline. Fiddler is the one the operation is on. Uh, how did uh, this little kind of jokey opening strike you? I mean, we're back with the boys, you know, just a classic. Can you, are you going to play the boys oh, are yeah, back in it's, town? It's been played, baby. Okay, good. <laughs> Please. It's a, a classic, you know, little uh, uh, bone hunters farce. I haven't have it's honestly a great change of pace from the opening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> a big a big relief. Uh yeah, that's I mean it's it's nice to see my friends again. I thought it was very funny because I didn't know obviously it was Fiddler that they were trying to catch at first. Yeah. <laughs> and then I loved the part when he ran away after like they try they were like oh no, this is going to work. This is going to be so good and then he leaves and then <laughs> they're like let's get him on either side. And they like grab both of his legs. I, I I just thought it was very funny. In fact, I really liked that part. I thought it was very silly, and I actually laughed out loud. <laughs> nice. Were you relieved to be back with uh, some familiar faces then? No, because unfortunately, these familiar faces, which you might say to yourself, India, these faces have been around for like majority of the books. But I mm. would say after maybe the second book, any new character after that became somebody that I'm just like, this yeah. is just there's Fiddler so again. many of <laughs> yes. them. A lot of soldiers, a yeah. lot of soldiers. I hardly remember. Even I, India, was like, maybe there are too many <laughs> Allison <laughs> soldiers. Like, just I remember maybe. Bottle, of course, because like Bottle and that. But like, yeah. there's some that I'm just like, who the fuck were you? Well, you got to remember Dead Smell, you know? Yeah. Uh, we'll get to him in a bit. That's a great name. There's so many names, though. It's awful. But it's just a name. And it's like, well, I guess you smell dead. That's that's your that's your claim to fame. That's Dead I mean, Smell's got, thing. He smells like a de- like dead stuff, and he's a necromancer. That's like yeah. Dead Smell is one of the ones that sticks out the most in my head. If I'm being honest, oh. smiles. You know, she's a girl, and she'll he'll, she'll hate you. Smiles like knife. Right? Smiles like knife. Smile, yeah. So yeah. Smiles do, knife. So does throat slitter. Pretty yeah. simple one there. Um, I forget um. that smile. I forgot that smiles like was a girl. AJ, what would your Malazan Marine name be? Oh God. Um. I'd be I'd be chuckle fuck. Nice. Pretty pretty sure on that one. Or uh bad knee. Mm, um, bad knee. I think I'd be something like like big and small or something cuz I'm like tall but I have a very tiny personality, I would say. Like I give off the energy of a small person. Um I don't even know how to interpret that <laughs> I sentence. I don't know what so, that means. Yeah, I don't. Um let, I'm small but spiritually. <laughs> all right. I'm just going to I'm going to shuffle us away from it. Um Sure. 
Uh, without get, without naming yourself, PB? Well, yeah. what it was is I felt like AJ was kind of slandering the, our short kings, and I just don't understand what yeah, where this hatred... Yeah, as a five-foot-seven man, I can't. I didn't say there's anything wrong this. with being small. I just said no, that I give just off that the energy. No, just that they're unnoticeable and passes them by with small our... spiritual energy. I didn't say any of that. I just said I give off the energy of a small person, and y'all projected that. Yeah, there's a lot of projection happening here. <laughs> wow, totally <laughs> disagree. this. I won't stand for this. AJ was like, I'm tall, but I have like a small energy and a small spirit. You know, what is. Yeah. Thank you, India. What does that have to do with height? All right, everyone in the Discord way in. Height. <laughs> India, what's your, what's, your, what's your bone hunter name? I think she'd be the titular bone hunter. That's really hard to even. I couldn't even come up with that on the spot. You guys are actually like super impressive. Because <laughs> the only things that are coming to mind are like not appropriate names. <laughs> sure. Bitchy end. You know, bitchy. Um, <laughs> nice. I'm bitchy, really and my name it. is India. You know. Oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Really, Moving really, on. really got distracted, and then I feel like I really got hung up in this short thing. You know, but I didn't say short. I said small. You just described them as small people. All right, we got to move like a small, like a small person. Let's move on, please, for the love of God. So, uh, Josh, there's this kind of scene in the Azath, Azath with Sin and Grub, and there's some conversation. They look at a tapestry. Did any of this land to you? Was that was there a lot of understanding? No. no. I mean, I don't remember it very well. It's just it's the two weird children. You yes. know, it's like when you watch the Adams family and like Wednesday and Wednesday and Pugsley are just kind of doing gang shit. You know, like I don't I don't know what the I just don't know what the fuck these two are doing. Well, Sin's definitely older, but how old is Grub? Grub's young. Six. Grub Mad was young. well, Grub was like five when we met him in Bone Hunters or something. But it's been a few years since then. So like eight. But nine? he could be eight. You're right. He could be eight or nine. Sins, you're right. I forgot Sins older. I thought, the, oh, okay. Because I, really glad that we cleared this up because I was really shipping them. I, re well, Andy, I was too. I forgot until I constantly forget that we met Sin from a Kalam point of view or a Quick yeah. point of view. One of the Kalam. Kalam point of view. And she was like 17 or 18, maybe even older. Yeah, she's, I always she's forget teens. how old I she think, was. I thought she was like 15, like 14, 15. She was powerful enough to fucking kill a bunch of people. I, I don't think they're similar. They're, they're, they definitely, definitely aren't. Yeah, they Sin is definitely not. older. But they talk about them being flirty. Do they? Maybe they don't. No, probably not. I probably Maybe. run into I don't it know. weird because to... I'm, I'm like hoping for it. Well, the thing is, too, they're both like possessed by like yeah. different powers or something. So there's some weirdness going on there. You know what they say? Grub's an old soul, which is just an Literally. insult adults say to <laughs> children that they can't Grub has the out. soul of an ancient man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say I was doing some... Like Googling, it seems many people are also confused about this point and that after uh, her introduction, she is often referred to very Child youngly, right? but she is, yes, but she is introduced as kind of a teenager. Yeah. But yeah, because that's what they well, said. I think that's what they, they talk about them. Yeah, like, she the young ones. Is, they call her the girl. And that's what throws me off, I think, is like they call her that a lot. Yeah, I, but I imagine her as like 16, 17 ish in House of Chains. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. That's that's probably what she should be. But. But doesn't she have like a full mental break and then just acts like a child yes. and stuff? Like She's a mental break at Yagatan. Yeah. yeah. So that is a whole other element in the mix. And All that's right. what makes her a high mage. Yeah. All right. Yes. <laughs> Gotta be crazy to be a high mage. AJ, yeah. did any of their conversation in the Azath house land? Was it a very uh, enlightening uh, time for you? Enlightening? No. <laughs> um, interesting <laughs> you. for sure. 
And then I'll follow up they, and they, ask. They, they, they find the hit, the Forkrill of Sale, right? Um, yeah. Sure, that, they find is that the here? Sale. That's, that's pretty interesting. I felt pretty smart, but it's also like a really easy thing to spot when they're like, they have double elbow joints and double hinged every other joint. I was like, I know what that is. Um, so that made me feel smart, I guess. But no, nothing that was like <laughs> revelatory. I guess that there's a Forkrill of Sale in an Azath house is, is pretty interesting. So, well, let me ask you this then. We're speaking about seeing characters we've known before. How did it feel to see Tehol and Bug again? Tehol and Bug, the boys. Love them. Not going to play the stinger for that one. Those are different boys. They're back. Um, they're back. I mean, they are certainly back in town. They're they're up to their regular goofs and gaffs um, now, now with wife included. Um, yeah. With now. real wife action. Now with wife. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, Josh, it is unfortunate I said that. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, he's the man's still wearing the blanket. Still a good. Bit. Oh man, the bit about everyone else wearing blankets now yeah. so choice. Yeah, I like the bit about boots. I just think boots is a funny word, and the more you say it, <laughs> the the funnier things are. That's yeah, just... I, I, I enjoyed this. I also enjoyed the fact that Breeze is here. Oh uh, sure. yeah, my guy Breeze alive again. All the Bedick brothers back together again. <laughs> All of them. Asterisk, no one's missing. Asterisk that are likable. Damn. Wow. Savage. Yeah. Justice for Hull. Any other thoughts about the return of Tuhul? No, I mean, like I said in the, in the in the beginning, like I feel like the first two chapters are kind of just like, here is everybody. We're getting sure. ready to start the book. And like I enjoy, you know, I enjoyed being introduced, reintroduced to all these characters and seeing what they're up to. But it just it wasn't like, you know, there was no like, ah, yes. I, I don't know. I did. I found it interesting. I mean, as we've gone through this series, every deck of dragons reading has been more and more precarious. But mm. I was really surprised that like at this point, even an elder god is like, mm, I'm good out here. We don't yeah. need to do that. Yeah, so. I do have to say once they were like, yeah, we're going to do a reading. My my radar was only on that. Like anytime anything else was come up, I was like, I'm ready for this reading. Let's get Ex to the reading. Yes, exactly. Um, India did. Were there any other any of these characters you were excited to see? Teho and Bug. Teho and Bug. Um, That's it. Gotta love them. I was excited to see Lostari yell again, and then this is. Oh yeah! yeah, yeah. She is great, and then it's Center and Kisswear's introduction. Uh, Banashar is introduced. I, sorry, Kit I just want to oh, say yeah, I, I love. I love uh, uh, we're this. We're in Kisswear's point of view, right? Because we've are, we've met Center before, and now we're meeting. Kisswear for the first time, right? And I don't we think we've met. No, we've not met them, but we we met. I could have swore I heard crazy. We met Skull Death, yes, who, who followed them here, but we did not meet the these two. I don't think two books ago. I think we just met Skull Death, and we heard that he had come from that place, but I don't think we even knew that he followed these two here, unless I'm very mistaken. I'm getting uh -huh. confirmation here that Sinter is uh, in Reaper's Gale. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was very hot on this this introduction um, with Kisswear being like, I was just following my sister uh, and we're going to get out of here. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that storyline. Uh, I would say as far as as far as storylines that have been introduced here, I would say this is the one that I latched on to uh, in the very beginning. Well, so I'm, I'm curious to see what happens. I've I've read. I don't uh, <laughs> we learn nothing about these two sisters in Reaper's Gale. But wait, so yes. they are prisoners malazan wants to kill them but they said no you're not allowed to kill them you can't have them the two sisters yeah they were in a theory prison and the, the malazan's the, the, got them out 
Yeah, because the theory were being like, well, you know, under the war crimes, subdivision, and then they just got shot to death. Which I was confused about who was the good guys and who were the bad guys in that situation. Well, that's a very... Yeah, I think that's a question that's more gray. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, but uh, on the surface, the Malazans were the good guys. Accurate. Okay. I guess. Uh, it's a bigger discussion, but... Would um, they be dead if it weren't for the Malazans? Well, yeah, because they were mal. Yeah, so I guess the Malazans are the good guys there. Those girls were falsely imprisoned and they had not been fed in fucking like weeks. Fuck those guys. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, in this I, specific situation, yes. Yes. And Tellerest and Curdle. Tellerest oh, and Curdle. Hell we gotta yeah. Wait, that's towards the end, baby. No, that's the um, next thing, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. No, it's not. Hundred thousand percent. It's. Oh, you, their first introduction is. I thought you were talking about the thing that happens with them. No. I agree with you, Josh. I just feel like the language is a little broad. Banishar. No, Banishar. Tellerest and Curdle here with Banishar. Yeah, I but forgot. they do some yeah. stuff at the end. Yeah, yes, I it's true. Well, let's talk about that then. So uh, let's move on. So there's a bit of a bit of a nervousness about this reading. We see a lot of familiar faces, but I did want to tell you guys about the pleasures of rereading the series. And it all comes from me being, you know, it's like normally the well, first time I read this book, I was like, what's going on with this deck of dragons? I'm so interested in this. Not this time. I'm all tuned in to this Ersto Hubut and Penisol storyline. Yes. My first time through, I was like, whatever, don't care about this. But now I'm laser focused and it's like I'm all Ersto Hubut all the time. So it was great to see them back. And uh, even though uh, maybe a short lived appearance so far in this book. Yeah, that was a very silly reveal. Yeah. But like, (laughs) were you not stoked? Were you not entertained? I I was for sure entertained. Yeah. Yeah, big fan. And then there's a little bit of talk about how many people are going to be there for the reading. And then Banishar's there with the fucking errand. With the errand. And where did we meet Banishar again? Banishar. Ban- yeah. Oh, God. Banishar was from the prologue of, of Bone Hunters when, uh, when we got introduced to Hellion. Hellion. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the um, priest the for priest? the Worm of Autumn. Of Autumn. Yes. Yeah. And now, now he spends like... all his time being like, I hate the Worm of Autumn. This is my personality now. <laughs> yeah. And he, he was mildly important when they got to Malice City and stuff. And then. Yeah, the Worm sucked. gave him a deal. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a whole thing. But now he's now he's been a little fuck. And we also keep seeing green swords in the sky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think that means? They get called many different things. Yeah. I mean, it's the things from the last book. You know, it's she's going to go wild. Yeah. I mean, we cannot possibly know what these are. Yeah. It's not even kind of. I mean, I mean, Heboric saw them when he was doing the protecting of the moon or whatever. And he saw there was a bunch of people inside and they were like giants or something or there was just a lot of them. I don't fully remember so that's going to happen. They're going to crash land at some point, And then there's going to be like, oh, surprise. Here's uh, the actual war that's going to happen in this <laughs> at the end of this series is against these Jade people. You fucking idiots. You should have seen this coming the whole time. I kind of jumped through some of this chapter, but something I wonder if you guys have anything else you want to talk about. Something I did want to touch on was uh, how did it feel to see Saren Pedek again? <sighs> I know I was joking about Ersto and Penisol, but um, India, what was it? Uh, how did you feel about returning to Saren? I was really happy, especially with the baby. Um, that was so cute and exciting, a little surprise. Because yeah. last we saw, she had just like found out she was pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. So it was nice. I didn't remember her and Bug having any like relationship before, but... It seems like, did they? I don't remember. Not so much. Mm-mm. 
Didn't Bug, well, like, crush some guys who were trying to kill her at one point or something? I, I don't know. I feel like maybe they interacted once, but it's not like they had a long relationship in 5 mm -hmm. and 7. Yeah. But I I could be... I don't know. I do think I, they've... I do think they've definitely met. I think they meet, like, w like one time. Yeah. It's, but something, like, yeah, it's, it's something like that. Is, so is the reason that Bug is there, then, is because it's, like, a magical child? Like, is that the reason he's there? Yeah, and he thinks the Errant is going to use this time to kind of like jump in and steal the power of the baby, but that ends not what ends up happening. <laughs> no, it is not. But we guys, who's the Errant? He is kind of a kind of forgotten god of Lethur and Lethur. God of the Empty Throne. He was the one who was hanging out with Feather Witch in Reaper's Gale. Turtle no, yeah, I remember the name. I just forgot the relevance. He's the yeah. god. He's like the Letheri god, and he has lost a lot of power with the changes that have happened in Letheri, and he's trying to scramble back to his former power through any means necessary. Is he a, a figure, like a real, like a tangible person? Turtle yeah. Brizad. He's been, he, every time there's a new king or queen, he's the one that fucks one of them. The, 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 the consort. consort. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And then there. Well, okay, 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 okay. Good, good, good. Got it. All right. Well, let's move on to talking about chapter two. Chapter two. Udanas watches Silchus ruin while speaking to Onrak. They discuss ruin and what he wants. Udanus goes and speaks with him. Silchus says he wishes to speak to Rudd Alal. That great trouble is coming for him. And he will be needed. Onrak thinks on the fragility of this realm and of Kalava. Then regrets not visiting Saren any time since Troll's death. Shield Anvil Tanakalian travels with the parish Greyhelms. He thinks about the coast and the Greyhelms' journey to find a delegation of the Balkondo. He goes to find the Destriant, who has reached out to the adjunct, but Tenakalian finds her melting in her cabin, saying that she is not as they believed and that their vow was a mistake. The Destriant refuses the Shield Anvil's embrace. Yedin Derig watches the water and thinks on the slaughter he just committed. He killed many Shake witches that were plotting against Jan Tovis. Twilight comes to find her brother and they speak of the slaughter. Twilight banishes him from the Shake. Pulley and Squish, now the last two Shake witches, travel back towards Yedenderig. Rudalal is speaking with Silchus Ruin, and Udanas wonders about their nature and how his son will fare. Onrak doesn't understand why Udanas is letting them speak, but he goes to say goodbye to his son. Tanakalian thinks on the mortal sword Tanakalian thinks that the Destrian's comments of betrayal were meant to anger the mortal sword into action. So he speaks of the death, but in a furtive way to avoid anger. Then they make landfall and go to meet the Bolkondo emissaries. They drink a strange drink, 
which they are told is the blood of the king's daughter. After the meeting is done, we see the conversation from the Balkondo point of view. Rava and Avalt speak of letting them pass through their country, but selling them into slavery on the way back. We then see a spy was watching the two leaders. Pulley and Squish speak with Jan Tovis about what to do next. They must leave this sinking isle. The Sheikh will leave and take everyone with them. Twilight will lead them with these witches by her side. Finally, Silchus Ruin and Rudalal take flight from the Refugium. So, we start in the Refugium. Josh, Udonis is there. There's some talk about Silchus Ruin. Uh, He's back right. again, baby. He's back again. 18 readings in. We get one. Um, yeah. So... so Udinas was there. Um, you can you you can use that audio and edit it and <laughs> every, it every time. single time. Udinas. <laughs> uh, Such sarcasm, dripping we, in sarcasm. Maybe we can finally stop getting those emails. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so Josh, how did it feel to come back see Udinas on rack? What what did you make all this? Um, it was pretty cool. These, I would say, like, for as much time as we have spent with these people, I feel like their present circumstances makes me feel very detached from them. Sure. You know, like, I saw Udinas' name and I was like, forgot he was alive. And they were like, and your son. And I was like, really <laughs> forgot he had a son. And then they're like, and he's a dragon. I was like, oh, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> that was less of a shock to me than either the first two it was nice though i mean god can we i steve is really laying it on how sad on Talon is all oh the my time gosh. Yeah, poor this guy. is the saddest boy known to man which like worries me for him because uh he's just so empathetic but we'll see but that was fun i don't really get what's happening other than silchus ruin and the boy dragon are gonna go do some mentor and trainee stuff yeah they fly away at the end of the chapter um any mm -hmm. thoughts about where they're going josh i mean they talk about the realm with all of the elaint but i, I don't think they're going to i know peter i have literally no idea well, let me ask y'all this then. So they kind of speak about Silch's ruin and how maybe he's changed or maybe, you know, he had to do this thing with Kettle or whatever. So how do you guys feel about Silch's ruin now and him as a kind of doing a new thing, you know, starting a new project? <laughs> I got to see, you know, I'm, I'm glad he's doing the work, but it needs I, we need time. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, literally, not that I expected Kettle's story to go anywhere, but also why, why not? And I am not over it. So Silchus Ruin can go fuck himself. Mm. Well, I guess we'll see where they end up going off to at the end of this chapter. They do fly away from the refugium. And there is a lot of talk, AJ, about the kind of precarious nature of this realm. Mm. I wonder uh, if, if that meant something to you or how you think about this kind of area and its stability. Yeah, I mean, I think the refugium is sick. I think it's just a cool, like conceptually i guess like so many people believed it existed or whatever that it then became real or something mm. right that's what happened with it pretty much sure yeah basically yeah like that rules i love that uh i don't know i feel like 
the people's concern with the like stability of this place. Didn't we say when the there's an Azath here now, right? Like, isn't that a thing that they were like, yeah, that's cements it as a real place. So I still just stabbed Kettle through the chest. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I don't know why we would be. I I mean, I guess these people are all pretty old, so maybe they've seen Azaths fall before or like realms fall around Azaths. I don't know, but I don't uh, all of these uh, like. I hope nothing bad happens to their fugium. Like, doesn't really doesn't bode well. Well, it just doesn't seem. It seems like a non-issue to me because I'm like, well, why? Why would something bad happen? It exists, you know. Well, like, I mean, I think I think the argument is more like the entire universe could get ripped apart by chaos if the crippled god gets his plan, and so like they can't just kind of chill. Sure, 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 sure. So, India, we kind of leave those characters and we cut to some characters we've uh, have not seen in the wild, the Grey Helms, and uh, there is... Uh, Everyone's favorite. There's a whole sequence. We see uh, the shield anvil... Sorry, we see the shield anvil find the Destriant who's melting, and then later they go and speak to the mortal sword, and then uh, before they make landfall... So how did it feel to find the Greyhelms again? And how much of this, I would say, somewhat dense description of the Greyhelms political situation came through? Um, To be honest, I didn't remember who the Greyhelms were. Sure. Um, It's fair. Same. And so the fact like and I'm learning right now that we are revisiting them. (laughs) Do you do you want a quick refresher on where we met them? Yeah. So do you remember the Grey Swords? From book three, no. With a, it, we, you know, with a, a carrion. Nope, not a carrion. Covian. That's what I said. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, so then, then in the Bone Hunters, the Malazans go and they just find these new people, the Greyhelms, who worship the wolf gods that were created or set free in the third book, and then they're the ones who have been traveling with the Malazans for a while, and their ships have been like what got the Malazans from that side of the world over to Latheris. But that we've not seen them since two books ago when they were, again, hardly seen. They show up at like the end of Reaper's Gale. No, but you're thinking of, you're thinking of the Bargast army. Don't they show up by the Shake Islands? They are they're there, but then they and we keep hearing that they're there, but we also keep being told the bulk of their forces are not there. There's like two of their ships. Right. And then there. don't they show up by the Shake Islands near the end of book seven? I don't think so. Unless no? I'm very wrong. But I don't they, know. They're they're thought... in a completely different part of the continent right now. Oh fucking Christ. Okay. So right now the Grey Helms are in the part of the continent that Letharis claimed was going to unite to attack Letharis, and that's what they were using as provocation to start wars. And that's like on the far eastern side, and I think they went north around the continent to get there. Volcondo, if you will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maps, right? Yes, let me show you. This map is frustratingly missing everything from the prologue. Lethar's over here. Volcondo is here. Oh, so they went south, not north. Okay. Thank so, you. yes, the map is of Lether, and not everything is in Lether. It's true. Is what I would say. Yeah. But that's a little bit we learn about the situation, India. We learn about the political situation, and then they, we also hear they have this kind of cryptic vision. And uh, the Destriant claims that they have kind of made a bad deal with Tavor, and that she is uh, not as she believed, and that there it was a mistake to pledge to her. Um, so India Tavor can't catch a damn break, can she? She really can't. No. <laughs> yeah, do you do you believe that she is who she says she is? Yeah, I think that she's just socially awkward. <laughs> Interesting. 
Um, I literally so, do. Like, I really do believe that she believes everything that she's saying and doing. I really believe that. But nobody else fucks with her. Granted, really, what results has she brought us? Uh, she's done some stuff. I mean, yeah. Like what? Well, she did. She killed her sister. That's what she did. <laughs> Number one. We're still not over that? Jeez Number Louise. one, killed my sister. Number two. Um, yeah. I, 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 anyway. So then they make landfall. Josh and they we kind of uh, they meet some of the Balcondo emissaries and they're kind of have this whole interaction. They kind of drink this blood and then we see a little bit about the Balcondo political situation. What did you make of this scene? This is my favorite scene of the entire nine books we've read. It's really good. It's really it's a funny scene. It's my absolute favorite scene. I love everything about it and I it's great. Wow, that's really strong. AJ, did you feel as strongly as Josh did? Uh, no, I would love to hear Josh's like breakdown of what you love so much about this, though. I just loved the perspective shift we got because I the Malazans are like, holy shit, these absolute barbarians. They're so over the top. I cannot believe we're dealing with them, right? And then the perspective shift over to them being like, ah, ha, ha, those big idiots. Yeah. You know, I can't believe that. And I was like, oh, you really got me. And then they're like, now we have to kill every servant in this room, even though we've already (laughs) cut out their tongues and we've gotten rid of their ears. But there's a secret sect of lip readers. And I was like, all right, that's a bit much. And then the servants are like, I know I'll die tonight, but but (laughs) my message has been received. The Lord of whatever shall come again. Just so every every jump of that just escalated so hard and I just was absolutely loving life. Sure. I do think the third cut is the funniest one. That's the funny <laughs> part, yeah. yes. <laughs> he, if, if Steve had ended, I would have been like, yeah, that's Steve. He does that. That's funny. That third one was just peak. So, AJ, we also uh, take a visit over to the Shake. Yeah, baby. And uh, Yedin Derek has committed a little bit of a slaughter. just a little bit of a slaughter but we do not judge him and then he gets banished uh and then we learn a little bit about the shake situation with the witches Uh, so what did you make of this whole thing and have we been do do you think he should have been banished have we been putting shake it off every time pete introduces the shake no pete has just been like singing it okay but there has there's no stinger for it oh Um, that's rough that's rough um, really, really I will say that. there's a lot of shake in this book. So if you wanted to stinger, we could. But yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I love the shake. I love the little bit that we got in Reaper's Gale. Thought that shit ruled. Um, or am I thinking of Bone Hunters again? No, I'm thinking of Reaper's Gale. Reaper's Gale. Reaper's yeah. Gale. Yeah. I was not expecting the first scene back to be yet and Derek doing some sort of like ritual murder or whatever because he has to because these people are kind of dissenters. But I do have to say this seems as I was reading this, I was like, Josh is going to think this is a really smart move. 100%. Because like the yet and Derek has, I guess... I don't know, a, a really uh, like pessimistic view of what any descent means. And it's like, well, we'll just cut it off at the at the ankle or whatever the fu- whatever the fuck the saying is like, we'll just cut it off before it becomes a real problem. Drastic. Yes. But like maybe a good like uh, game time decision, because like we've seen some people get betrayed in some pretty brutal ways in, the, in these books and like people betraying people, betraying people, uh, you know, a la House of Chains or something. But yet and Derek said none of that. <laughs> if you don't like if you don't like Twilight, you're fucking out of here. Yeah. So, yeah, Five I mean, it's great books. How could anyone not? Yeah. So you didn't answer. You feel like he should have been banished. He shouldn't have been banished. 
I mean, I think she was right to banish him because like she knew that if she didn't, he would have to be murdered. So like, you know, she uh, she wants him to stay alive because it's her brother. I do love that even after she banishes him, he's like, I don't get what I did wrong. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, I just did what I I just did what I had to do. Like, this had to be done. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it was a good call for him to banish or for her to banish him, I guess. Gives him a chance to show up later and save her life or something. Because um, he still seems all aboard the Twilight train. Uh, I mean, how can you not be, if I'm being honest? I mean, he planned on being banished. He had the horse ready to go. Oh, is that true? I, I missed that bit. Yeah, he had a horse provisioned and ready to go as, because he figured he would get banished. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so... AJ, I will never forgive you for judging Yed and Dereg. Um, <laughs> uh, India, so do you think... Uh, I just, sorry, I just want to clarify. I do think at one uh, a point later, all of these people would have wound up being murdered one way or another, and I think Yed and Dereg just, like got ahead of it and was like, well, I'm just going to do it now because there's no point in waiting for them to actually betray. Oh, well, they're going to commit a crime in the future, so <laughs> I can just kill them. That's yeah, the, exactly. some big brain thinking, uh, yeah. AJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. So in um, Twilight is kind of leading uh, Exodus off the island with these two witches, Pully and Squish, Squish in tow. Do you think she can trust these witches? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, no, because mm. I don't know. The witches are always, they always have a hidden agenda. They always have somebody that's like alive, but kind of dead that they're trying to to fit. I don't even know. I just feel like the witches always have someone where they're pulling. I don't, I just don't trust any witches ever. I think that's a good rule for life, personally. Yeah. Counterpoint, I'm pro witches. And <sighs> I think, I think you should be too. I am pro witches. I just personally would not trust them. Mm. I'm not no harm, I no see. foul. I see, but uh, the, I it's have okay. witch friends. I just don't want. <laughs> I just don't want them to live next to me. They can move in. Exactly. They can move into yeah. the neighborhood. But yeah, um, shit, Jesus Christ. If they can, if they can get into the neighborhood, fine. But like, let's just, you know, I'll be cordial. So, so long as they keep all that stuff off the porch. You know what I mean? Oh, I don't. Oh yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Literally. <Holy> shit. <laughs> oh my god. We're really uh, treading some ground. Um Pete, what were your thoughts on the amount of piss in this <laughs> scene too? <laughs> oh fuck, man. Uh, that's really good, wild. Good stuff. I'm I'm love piss in my pants, so I felt right at home. Um so two big thumbs up for PB. That's what the P stands for in PB. <laughs> Yeah, piss boy. <laughs> um, that's my uh, that's my Malazan name, actually. <laughs> there we go. There it is. All right. Um, all right. Let's move on to chapter three. Fuck. Chapter three. Shirk speaks with Ruth and Gud about the city and the reading. Shirk goes to find someone else to have sex with and finds Ubala Pung. She asks about his new job as a palace guard and encourages him to speak to Tehol about his complaints. Kisware reflects on her sister Sinter. They both join the army together, but Sinter is more devoted to the bone hunters than her. Kenib and Blistig speak about the soldiers and what it means to be there for a reading. Some say the last reading led to Kalam's death at Malaz City. Deadsmell and other soldiers are passing the night along. 
Herb and Hellion go find Breathless and Touchy at a brothel. Bryce is watching the people, ready for the reading. Quickben is just as hesitant as Fiddler for this reading. The reading begins and the power rings out throughout the city. The errant notices, and so does Ersto and Pinasol. Fiddler does the reading, throwing cards at the different people in the room. The errant interrupts the reading, trying to claim the title of Master of the Deck. But Bryce rejects this, saying this title is taken by Ganos Perrin. Ersto Hubat and Pinasol have melted into puddles. Saren and Bug speak about their losses, what happened that night, and what it means for Saren's child. The errant thinks about what happened that night and decides his next step is to wait and attack Bryce one-on-one. -on -one. Tellerist and Curdle briefly turned into dragons during the reading, but have since reverted. They think about this, what they should do, and what could be happening in the sky. Sandalith Drukorlat has been named the Queen of Dark. She speaks to Withel about this role in High House Dark. Sandalith asks about Quickben and what his relationship to the High House Dark is. Eberron and Shard speak about the reading, saying it's like all the Warrens awoke at once. Tavor speaks with Bryce Bedek about her relationship with Ganos. In the end, she speaks of her plan to take her army east. Quickban and Fiddler discuss the reading, how Hedge needs to build a road, and how Tavor called for the reading. The Errant ambushes Bryce, but he is saved by Ubala and Sinter. Fiddler says Ubala is the Herald of Life and examines the last card. Unaligned, House of Chains. Uh, India, we check in with Shirk Alal, and she kind of has a funny conversation with Ubala Pung. Was it nice to see uh, their two friends? I was stoked to see them, you know? I think that they're hilarious. I think that the Ubala not liking his job because he's being bullied is the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. Yeah, yeah. I Poor guy. Died. Literally, I'm like, you are a literal certified killer and you're being bullied to clean shoes. I crying, Ugh. crying. Great opening. Very, very fun. Love Shirk, obviously. I don't know how to say this, but it doesn't surprise me at all that Obala's being bullied. It just feels like he would be picked yeah. on, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's really weird. I mean, he's so big. I don't know how he gives off such small man energy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I do love, I do love that Shirk was like, you're literally friends with the king. Just like yeah, tell them yeah. you're going to tell the king that they're picking on you. And he's like, oh, okay. Good he's idea. Good. Yeah. He's just a soft guy and I really respect that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, this is the kisswear part. Okay. I was wondering. I yeah, couldn't so find yeah, it in the last yeah, chapter. Yeah. There's more detail on them here. This is what I liked. Yeah, this is where they. There's a lot more about the two of them and their relationship. Uh, what What did you like about it, AJ? No, I mean, I just like this is like. Well, okay, I think it's that it is like a genuine POV of a bone hunter, like a person in the bone hunters. Like it's not like fiddler or bottle. It is just like a bone hunter. You sure. know, like Kissware is just boots on the ground, just a lady. 
yeah, she's just a lady and she has a sister and she li- would have liked to leave, but her sister is like commits too much uh, in, in her eyes, at least. Uh, so she's like, I guess I'm stuck here with my fucking captain's sister while I'm just, you know, whatever. Or lieutenant's, whatever, whatever her, her station is. I don't know. I just I just liked this whole like getting this whole story because it's like it's not something we get a whole lot, you know, like there were times in previous books where we kind of touched on like, oh, I think Fiddler or something is like, oh, I've been a soldier since I was like, you know, a child or whatever. Like I joined the army as a kid and now I'm here, but we never really got super deep into it. And I don't know, having this kind of backstory to just like you said, a boots on the ground bone hunter, I think is really interesting. And I'm curious to see how much it comes up and how uh how it manifests later in the story yeah we'll follow through with that throughout this book that's good to know there's a lot of build-up and i don't know if we need to go through all the scenes but there's a lot of build-up to the reading you kind of touch Mm -hmm. in with a lot of familiar faces and i think it's about time we get to the reading itself yeah baby I have actually copied the reading at the bottom of our oh, Google yeah. Doc Yeah, here. I saw. Oh, yeah. And I would love if the three of you could take a quick look at it. Um, these are the 13 cards that get handed out during the reading. And I would be curious if any of them jump out at you or if you have any thoughts. I do. Isn't Orb Scepter Throne a book? It is. It is a book. Also okay. immediately clocked that. Is it, it's, it's a map like from this series, right? It's a, it's, a, uh, it's one of the Esselmont books. Okay. A novel of the Malazan Empire. Interesting. Yeah, that, that's, for the record, that's Gessler, Stormy, and Grub. Yeah. So I did Good clock shit. that. That was the first thing. AJ, what jumped out to you? I would say that, uh, actually looking at it laid out here, wasn't Karsa called the something of life? Wasn't Karsa a of life person at one point? Or am I making oh, that up? I don't remember. I know he. Tr- they tried to have him be the Knight of Chains, and he said Knight no. Knight of Chains. I could right. have sworn there was some sort of other life imagery thrown around at a different reading. I don't remember. I don't know. Uh, no, but I mean, uh, King of Life Breeze and Herald of Life Ublala Pung, I think, is very interesting. Really good, really uh, good. Versus the uh, Mason of Death Hedge. Uh, Which is funny because remember way back when we heard that there was no Mason of Death and I think I had guessed it would be Whiskey Jack because yes. he had that Masony background. But really yeah. cool that it fi- that finally comes back from like book one yeah, or three yeah. maybe one of the, one of those books. Yeah, it was a while ago. India, uh, anything that jumps out to you? Well, no, honestly, the fool in chains I thought was funny. <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now that I see it there. But yeah. yeah, I do like uh, Sandalith Dracorlat, Queen of Dark. I was going to say that. Yep, that's pretty fucked up. <laughs> well, and it's so interesting because, you know, we as the reader get to know what, you know, our our boy Annie beefed it. But like she's <laughs> like, I can't imagine I would be with the with Anamanda. And it's like, well, you're not. So you're set there. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I also think it's fun that Quick Ben has been outed as the Mages of Dark. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, but he was the Mages of Shadow before. This is big change. Oh, and there that's really right. Wasn't, and there wasn't a lot of dark stuff before because Mother Dark was gone. But now that Mother Dark is back, we have both a queen and a magus of her. So that's really big. Interesting note, Josh. Yeah. And then <laughs> Sandalith even brings it up later. She's like, yo, Quick Ben, what's up with this? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. Nothing. 
Yeah. I'm no no comment. <laughs> Don't the, talk the, to me. Yeah. The child of of Saren and Troll is the Knight of Shadow because that's what Troll very briefly was, I'm pretty sure. I believe so. Mm, yes. Interesting. Interesting. Because he, you know, helped defend the throne of Shadow. And so that kind of earned him that role or something. Uh, God, I miss Troll. I miss Troll. Is this from the first deck? Yeah, I forget when that reading is. I, I Some of this information, I can't tell you when it gets said. It's so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, yes, wow. You guys are like super good at remembering things. This whole thing, like anything stand out to you? Literally, no. Ken up getting one is crazy to me because I always forget that him and uh, the one with a B, those two fists, I always forget about them. Ballistic. Ballistic, yeah. And so Ken up's the one that was the guy with Grub? or Ken, Yeah, Ken uh, no. is Grub's... F- Korab, Korab. No, that's mm. Korab's the one that's touched by Opon. No, I think I think Grub is Keneb's son. He's not his real son. Not his real son. Not his real son. It's kind of adopted son. That's what I thought. Okay. found him. Sure, but yeah. that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. You're Spinner wrong, AJ. <laughs> You're wrong, okay? <laughs> Spinner of death and then virgin of death for sin. I don't understand either of those. Obelisk is just a fun card to be, I guess. Yeah. You know? I just want to say how fucking awesome this reading was, though, just oh, generally. Like just breaking ribs and slamming them against yeah, walls. Yeah, just fucking the imagery here is awesome. I could see it like it. Oh, man, it was so cool uh, of them just like being lifted into the air by these fucking tarot cards. Um, really great shit. Really great shit. I love the conversation that uh, somebody has with the errant and they're like, fuck yeah. your tiles. The uh, reading gets yeah, interrupted. Yeah, yeah. The errant shows yeah. up and then. He's like, I'm the master of the deck. And then they're like, uh, Master of the tiles, you mean? Master of the tiles. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um, Fiddler's like, hey, fuck off. (laughs) You do not know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and I loved the I loved the like parent bluff. It's my my big strong friend will be here soon. He will come. Um, and He's then, right and, and then to find out after that, like it did not activate at all. Like, yeah, where baby. the fuck is he at? You know, we've not seen him in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Where so, is Ganos? Has have, did we see him after he rescued Hedge? Yes, yes, because that was before he then went and led that army and killed that um, plague god. Remember, he killed that plague god uh, in the Bone Hunters. Oh, yeah. And I really don't think we've seen him since then, other than maybe like a telepathic mind message. Yeah. Oh, man, that plague storyline was wild. Mm-hmm. So we it was see- resolved so fast. <laughs> It, it seemed like such a big deal, and then he was like, no, "Well, it you're wasn't." Dead. Yeah, yeah. It I, it wasn't really resolved though, because oh, you know, you're right. You're right. It was. It was. Anyway. We see Ersto and Pinasol are re- reduced to puddles. It's fucking brutal, man. Can't believe Re- I cared about rest them. In peace. Rest Can't in peace. Can't believe Steve made me give a shit about those two dying. I've loved them since minute one, since they were introduced as the weird couple who's like, I won't marry you until the bridge, fr- yeah, until yeah. the lake freezes, and then the lake froze. I loved that. So it was really good. So, India, we then also see Tellerist and Curdle, and we briefly see that they had a bit of a bit of an experience, let's say. I don't understand what you guys found so, like, cool about them dragoning. Uh, be- that became real dragons. They got yeah, their bodies back. Didn't yeah. we know that, though? They, we, we knew, knew they that had they, been, but remember, they've been the little skeletons. This yeah, they, oh, actual, yeah. they hadn't been able to transform. They were just, they they were I like spiritually dragons, and now they can yes. actually become dragons. But then when they transformed back into the little skeleton bodies, they were just like, they got really comfortable in the skeleton bodies. So that's, yeah. that's their like regular form, and then they it's transformed so to fucking dragons. Why? So why can they do that? 
We don't because know. the Warrens all opened up at once and a bunch of shit happened. Oh. oh, yeah. Well, okay. See, I was like, when you guys first were like, oh my God, I can't believe the Tyler Austin Colonel thing. I was like, what the fuck are they talking about? But uh, yeah, they turned into dragons. Yeah. I saw <laughs> that did happen. Pretty fun. I kind of just like the image of the use them spontaneously doing it, you know. I yeah. love them. I I think they're incredible little angels. <laughs> yeah. So any other thoughts about them? Yeah, where's Absalar? <laughs> Great question. Where's I'm Absalar? Sh- I'm sure when Crocus finds her this later this book or next, <sighs> yeah. we'll know. Yeah, okay. It's been a minute. Mm-hmm. So we see a bit more conversation between Sandalith and Quick Ben. There's a conversation about the Warrens, as Josh mentioned. And then, AJ, there's talk. Tavo- Tavor speaks with Bryce about her relationship with her brother. Mm-hmm. How do you think she's feeling in this scene? And what did you make of this conversation? I don't know. I- I've always thought Tavor was interesting when we hear her speak. So I was happy to hear her speak. I think it's funny when she's talking to Breeze uh, and she's like, oh, you died once. Uh, and he says, <laughs> he says it is extraordinary how little choice one has in such matters talking about his resurrection. I thought that was pretty funny. I don't know. In terms of how she's feeling, I uh, I don't know. I guess I guess like pretty disconnected from 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 her like last name, you know, like I feel like it's been a while since she's like been a parent. Or something, mm. you know, like she is just the leader of the Bone Hunters now. Uh, I think Breeze is right when he talks about her. You know, he says you might have welcomed the master's attention this night. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It didn't like this scene didn't super strike me in any way. Besides, it was like two of my faves kind of talking. All right. Well, we can leave it there then. I always enjoy seeing more about Tavor and mm-hmm. uh, she'll she'll be a central character going forward, of course. Uh, so then there's a, a bit of an ambush on Bryce. Uh, but he makes it out alive. Josh, did you think the errant ever had a chance? In the original room or the ambush? In the ambush. No, just because Breeze became too plot relevant too fast, you know? Sure. Uh, So I just didn't think there was really a (laughs) chance that it was going to work. So, yeah. I did like this kind of exchange between the errant and Breeze. You know, I mean, I always think it's fun when a character is like trying to flex and then they just get fucking downed. So the errant just being like, I poisoned you on purpose, you stupid idiot. Ha 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 And then just getting his fucking nose broken or whatever. Uh, I think that's always, you know, fun. It's also like, yeah, we know what thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, why are we, why are we flexing here? We know you did the thing, but clearly it didn't work. So like, why are you flexing? Weird flex. Weird flex. So the last thing I did want to touch on was, uh, so Fiddler uh, examines this last card, an unaligned house of chains. I wonder what you guys make of that, if anything. That's a shrug from Josh. Yeah, because he's saying that card's just there, right? Not assigned to anybody? Doesn't seem to be. I don't know. It's it's weird. It's the the last card of the drawing. India... Look at confusion from you. No comment. It's um the crippled god, the god of chains, the house of chains, if you will. Yeah, I'm, I'm so sick honor- of it. I don't fucking yeah. know. I have no idea. What if it's Tavor because she specifically wasn't given anything? I mean, Fiddler whispers Tarthano Tablakai, but no, but he's talking about that. He's talking about Ublala. Yep. Or mm. well, no, because he says he says Tarthano Tablakai, herald of life. Well, just oh, okay. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Okay. I don't got nothing then. Um, Any thoughts, AJ? I'm just rereading the section right now. We all know about those, my dear. Fret not. It is the price of living. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm kind of feeling like Fiddler at the end of the section. Uh, he's saying, uh, if only you were weaker, if only your chains didn't reach right into the heart of the Bone Hunters, if only I knew who was dragging who, why, I might have reason to hope. But he didn't, and so there wasn't. I guess that's kind of how I'm feeling, is I just don't know shit about shit. <laughs> and if I did, I would feel a way, but I, ju- I don't, so I don't. Well, I'll tell you this. If you knew, it really resonates. Mm-hmm. I know? bet. Good I to bet. know. Good to know. That's, that is good to know that it, that it has resonated with you, Pete. So that'll bring us to an end of today's episode. I do just want to really quick. Sorry. Uh, I, I do just want to really quick. Uh, right before that part, uh, Quickman and Hedger on the roof and uh, they had seen the fight or whatever, sensed the fight between the Aaron and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and Quickben says, damned Toblakai, but that's not the interesting bit, though, is it? No, it's that Dalhanese woman. Well, that can all wait. And he's talking about uh, Sinter, uh, who I'm just connecting now, is Kisswear's sister. So that's interesting. Yes. Anyway. I guess we'll see what's interesting about that. I guess we'll see what's interesting about mm-hmm. that. We shall I guess indeed. we'll see what's interesting about that. <laughs> yeah. Can we go? <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, let us know what you think of the show at 10 Very Big Books on Gmail and Twitter. And once again, please try and fill out that poll. We would love to hear from you and love your love to hear your thoughts. And we are really excited for this uh, this Dust of Dreams Crippled God mega season. Uh, so, um, yeah, I don't have anything else. Do you guys? Nope. Cool. When I, I'm I say looking c- forward to the book. <laughs> when I say come, you say passion. Come. Passion. Hello, everybody. Producer AJ here, upset that my dryer is broken. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. We are so excited for this final super season, and we hope that you are too. Just a reminder that we are now on YouTube as well, so if you prefer to listen over there, go for it. If you have a friend who wants to listen on YouTube and doesn't like other podcatcher apps, tell them about it too please. Also, please check out that poll regarding the possibility of a live event at the end of the season, as well as the public Patreon post regarding the updates to the Patreon. Links to those things are in the show notes. If you'd like to give us your thoughts or feelings about this or any of our episodes, you can always email us 10verybigbooks at gmail.com, tweet us at 10verybigbooks, or you can head on over to our Discord bit.ly slash VBB Discord. That's capital V, capital B, capital B, capital D, Discord. That link will be in the show notes. Also, thank you to all of our wonderful patrons over on Patreon. If you'd like to financially support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash 10verybigbooks. And if you would like to be grandfathered in to the $1 tier, make sure you get in there before November 1st. Uh, Again, that link will be in the show notes. And as always, thank you so very much to Dan Gezerick for making our spectacular cover art. You can follow him on Twitter at A underscore W underscore Dan G for the hottest. Oh, no, it's hockey season again. And of course, the wonderful music in today's episode, including the remixed intro and outro tracks, is by the one and only Amaranthan from his album Simulant Rain, which you can find along with his other music on Bandcamp.com. Links to their pages will be in the show notes. And 10 Very Big Books will be back in two weeks on October 28th, reading Dust of Dreams chapters 4, 5, and 6. Another hefty chunk. I'll talk to you then, and thank you so much for listening.